Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober as Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today I want to talk about the functional alcoholic and what that means to me. And I want to give some insight on this subject. First off, I want to start off by saying that um, before I hit rock bottom and before things became totally unmanageable in my life. I was just a normal guy who drank recreationally, smoked a little pot here and there, you know, and things seemed to be okay. Um, Alcohol always did display problematic signs in my life. Like I would get into incidents related to alcohol. Um, Even from a younger guy, you know, I would, I, my tolerance for alcohol really was low. Um, and I learned later on that was because of um, my particular makeup, how I was designed. It had something to do with my serotonin levels. I had extremely high serotonin levels when I was younger, and that kind of made my reaction to alcohol extreme. But I would say this. It was all good. It was very normal. And before things became totally problematic and I hit rock bottom, I was what most would say a functional alcoholic. I was able to drink, still conduct business, do what I had to do. Things were all good. Um, and me being honest with myself, even while functioning normally with alcoholism, in retrospect, I was still an alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? I still like really crave drinking to in an excessive point like i really drinking was part of the everyday social environment right um if you went to the real estate if i was doing real estate it was always like okay where are we going are we going to maca noodles are we going here are we going there we're going to cipriani's it was always like this theme you know where people would drink and it was always a celebratory thing but the thing was there was people that drank just as much as me probably even more that never had an episode was able to get up and conduct their lives normally um and although they drank as much or probably more than me they had such a great tolerance that they were not put in the same category as me you know um but they were, in retrospect, functional alcoholics. They just had a better tolerance. And that's the distinction today. The alcoholic loses their level of tolerance and their life becomes totally unmanageable and problematic because of their drinking. The functional alcoholic, on the other hand, could drink just as much as the alcoholic or sometimes more, but because they have a higher tolerance, they're able to conduct themselves a little bit much better they're able to be very functional at home at work and usually the only way someone would know if someone had it was a functional alcoholic would be due to some form of an event maybe something like a car accident maybe a really bad drunken episode uh, that was uh, triggered by something maybe a breakup or something or maybe something um as simple as um, going to the doctor and the doctor pointing out that there's issues with the liver, right?
right? Usually that's what wakes up a functional alcoholic. And in most cases, I feel like uh, we need to speak about this a lot more because recently I visited the liver um, and spine center at the hospital um, and I was with a family member and I was seeing so many normal people I mean, people's mothers, grandmothers, uncle, brothers, you know, um, all type of people. I mean, it, it alcohol never discriminates, right? And when you're in a liver center and you see people going in for treatment for, you know, liver dysfunction and liver failure you start to realize that nine a large percent of these people were are alcoholics but they just was classified as functional alcoholics but you know they may lose their life later on because of the drinking so somehow there's this weird blessing for the alcoholic that you know your life becomes so manageable and crazy that you're 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 aware and it's a public display of this problem and this may force you to get help faster but in my opinion a functional alcoholic in most cases need just as much help as the alcoholic because the functional alcoholic has the ability just to go longer with the behave the negative behavior pattern of excessive drinking without the accountability associated with it so eventually this impacts their health a lot more you know you hear this a lot you know uh, they die of diabetes they may die of heart disease at a very young age there's so many health risks associated with consuming alcoholic beverages that if you're a functional alcoholic and everything seems cool um you can go a long period of time without anyone checking you on your drinking, and this can lead to excessive health issues, right? And I noticed also functional alcoholics do have issues in their life, how they deal with their family members. There's many functional alcoholics that's, that are abusive to their family members, so society may view them as regular people. Oh, yeah, we know Joe. He always drinks. He has his little beers. He goes home, but we never know what happens behind closed doors. We just did an episode about um, children, adult children of alcoholics, right? And the impact that alcoholism has on the familiar unit. And a lot of cases, this goes under the categorization of a functional alcoholics. All right. So I think that the fact that we glorify in the addiction community, the functional alcoholic over the actual alcoholic who just had a lower tolerance. I think that creates a bigger problem with this acceptance of alcohol and the negative attributes of alcohol in society as a whole because you could have a person that's a functional alcoholic but they could be molesting or hurting their kids or beating their wife or the wife could be beating the husband or being you know this could lead to other addictions uh use disorders such as um process addictions harder drugs so my thing is this it's all a case-by-case thing But I see a lot in our society and as people start to talk to me and I open up more to the community, you start to hear people say, man, you know, my uncle or my dad is a 
he's a functional alcoholic, man, but he drinks all day, and he's, like, really dark, man, and he's just, like, really negative, and the vibe in the house is off, and, you know, thinking about trying to get the family away, we don't know how to do it, so it's these backdoor issues, and alcohol is a depressant, so let's start there, and let's bring more awareness to the mental health component, why is a functional alcoholic drinking so much? Why are so many people drinking as much as a clinical alcoholic and falling under the umbrella as functional? Because there is dysfunction within the functional alcoholic, within the maybe the family unit, whether it's at work. And I'm going to play a clip from a psychiatrist. Um, but before I do that... The only difference between an alcoholic and a functional alcoholic is denial and tolerance. Okay, so everyone listen to what I'm saying. Most functional alcoholics will eventually probably hit rock bottom. Their life will eventually become unmanageable. And they will eventually probably fall into the category and have to get the same help, such as detox, rehab, and 12 steps as us um, alcoholics who went through the fire. That brings me here to say the negative stigma of the alcoholic sometimes perpetuated from the functional alcoholic who tries who tries to draw a line and a difference, a line in the sand between the actual alcoholic. In my in my experience, most of the negativity that came from the outside world in regards to my sobriety came from functional alcoholics. It was people who was very bitter that they know in their mind they still have a drinking issue, but they don't want to admit it and they're in denial. So they point fingers and judge me or the billion, the millions of people like me who took the steps to get clean, who identified as an alcoholic, um, they point fingers to make their self feel better. They point fingers and point out our flaws as if we're some marginalized part of society that's supposed to be embarrassed because we fell victim to alcohol, which is... An American pastime, for God's sake. This is a national pastime. This is a social ease mechanism that allows society to function socially. And it is created as a norm, but it is a neurotoxin. It is poisonous to our bodies. Alcohol is a known depressant. It's classified as a depressant. But yet, you know, you can't turn on TV without seeing an alcohol commercial. You can't go anywhere without alcohol being the main staple. You go into any regular restaurant, even if it's kid friendly. What would you guys like to drink today? So what is seen, what seems to be a normal part of our society has so many negative implications. And then there's this fallout where you have people who are genetically predisposed to be allergic to this substance. And we don't, we're not born with a manual. It takes us a lot of trial and error to get to the point to where we realize we can't drink this stuff. So today I want to really just talk to the many people out there who life may have, who life is unmanageable. Not may, 
is unmanageable because if you're a functional alcoholic, guess what? You're dealing with, you're most likely dealing with some form of depression, some form of mental health issue that's yourself, or you may be self-medicating. You may be dealing with some form of depression, anxiety, or sadness. It may be due to bereavement. It may be due to life. You may be under a lot of pressure. You may feel like you need the forced courage to perform. But there's a reason if you're drinking this much to be considered a functional alcoholic, um, there's a, there's, there has to be a reason, usually a mental health component. And I have to say to you, alcohol is a really strong depressant. So if you're drinking at this level, maybe you're suffering from some form of depression. And if you're looking for happiness, you're not going to get it from excessive drinking. All right. And um, so this episode is for everyone who are who identifies as a functional alcoholic and may know deep down in your heart that you may need help. Right. And we could speak candidly and openly on the Sober is Dope podcast because no one's going to judge you. So when I'm speaking this matter of factly about these subjects, I'm speaking to you, whoever you are personally, because I wish someone spoke to me like this personally 10 to 12 years ago, 20 years ago. You know, when I went to college, somehow I never really alcohol wasn't my thing until I got to college. You know, and I had big episodes early in my college career that was really embarrassing. And from that point, no one still pulled me aside and said, hey, Pop, have you ever heard what alcoholic is? Maybe you're allergic to it. You know, maybe there's a reason why when you're, you drink, you become mad extra and, you know, you, be, you, you seem like you're really in a confused state when you drink. Maybe there's something... Maybe you di- you're different and you don't need to drink. Not one person in my whole lifetime sat me down and spoke. I will take that back. My mother warned me when I was a young kid that I should never drink because I don't need to. My mom was in- instinctively knew that I had so much energy as a young person. That's where I get the name Pop from, guys. Uh, when I was born, I was given the name Poppy because I was constantly bouncing around and I had so much energy. I was very jubilant rambunctious and energetic and then I was a young teenager I'll be flipping all the time running all the time I was known as pop for a reason poppy poppy Buchanan for a reason you know it was that my energy level was a hundred times higher than the average kid I would wake up and I would run on a thousand until it was time to go to bed wake up and do it over and over again and my mom worried like if this kid is naturally this energetic and this explosive what happens to him if he discovers alcohol so she said she just tried on many occasions as a kid but I, it wasn't the clinical, technical, scientific rationalization behind it. It was just an instinct of a mother saying, Joe, I don't think you need to drink alcohol because you are, you're enough. And this is beautiful because my mom told me this from the baseline, that you're enough. You don't need alcohol to be any more exciting. I guess she was saying, hey, kid, if you drink, you, you're going to be crazy because you're already on you're already borderline. You know, <laughs> she was being sweet. Right. Because I was just extremely energetic and explosive. But still, then again, as I left home and stuff and I went into the wilderness on my own to college and then 
you know, I just wish I had this podcast. I wish I had this much information back then. We didn't have the internet. Like, it wasn't like this. Like, but when I first got to college, we didn't have the internet. The internet came a little bit later when we had dial-up. And it was just still this... It wasn't this much information in our faces. You know, it was no such thing as a podcast. It wasn't no forums and blogs at that time. All of that stuff was still being formed. So you guys are lucky if you're listening. And the reason why I'm coming to you so real is because we're starting to see, we're starting to see a trend of the alcoholic becoming the functional alcoholic becoming the alcoholic whose life is unmanageable and upside down faster than historically ever seen before so there's people now which is the rise of the sober curious movement who's starting to be like wait a minute this alcohol thing is way too crazy everyone's drinking all day every day i don't like the way i feel maybe i shouldn't just drink so now the conversation has expanded and I know there's a lot of pain. There was a lot of pain in Pop Buchanan before I became a cla- uh, alcoholic alcoholic. When I was just functional, there was pain there and it would come out when I would get too drunk. I would cry, I would fight, I would be upset, I would, I would, I would reflect. There would be little things that would set me off like all of us. You know the guy you see in the bar who's crying and pissed with everyone and he wants to fight everyone because he feels like the world is against him and no one understands him and he keeps trying to explain himself, but he's incoherent. But you know deep down he's struggling with something, but he just can't articulate it. But his life is totally unmanageable and he feels totally crazy. And then he wakes up the next day and he goes, oh, what happened yesterday? I had a hangover. Doesn't remember anything. Right? doesn't remember anything but if you was witness to that you would say hey bro last night man you was crying you was all over the place you kept talking about this girl you kept talking about your dad you kept talking about your wife you kept talking about whatever you were talking about the job you was mentioning people you was crying you were so angry you felt like the world was against you bro i think you might need to talk to someone bro you know, that's or sis or sis, right? Because it's for men and women alike. And this could be the this is a usual episode of the functional alcoholic. You know, once a year or at some point in that year, your alcohol is going to show it rear his ugly head and it's going to you're going to show your ass. But your bounce back may be better. Right. So for me. What I think made me an alcoholic when my depression and my sadness and my circumstances hit its height and my tolerance level dropped, I think it was the morning drinking. I think it was the afternoon drinking. I think I felt so shitty that I needed to keep drinking. So I would party. I would have a regular party like normal people, but I would get up and my physiology and my mental health and everything, the way I felt chemically, 
um, neurochemically, everything. I just felt so crazy. My nervous system would feel so shot. And this is me being human. I'm explaining to you guys my human reaction to a simple, situ regular situation. So it doesn't make Pop Buchanan crazy. That's why I'm not ashamed to share this because I'm human. And my personal biological makeup was too sensitive for alcohol, period. So I felt crazy the next day. Then someone told me something about the hair of the dog. Oh my God, that must have been the most toxic term I ever heard in my life. Because I remember a time in my life where I would wake up with a hangover and I would sleep, eat some soup, drink it off, say I'm not going to touch alcohol for a while. Maybe go out for beers a little later. Then one day I must have had a really terrible episode and just felt sick. And someone said, try the hair of the dog. You know, you need a straightener. And then I would, I, you know, and I was like, what's that? It was like, just drink what you were drinking the night before and it might make you feel better. And I did. And I indeed felt better. That was the end of the end. Because now there would be no way I would be able to physically stop the pain process. I would drink to the point where I was in pain. I would operate normally, but to straighten out, I might need to drink again. So I would introduce alcohol again the next day, really early. And then because I had my own business and I worked for myself, I wasn't really like I didn't really have to get up and account be accountable to anyone else. I could still function on the phone and do what I needed to do. But I would do it in this excited, drunk, like, you know, this extra, you know, people would be able to tell, oh, by noon, maybe they, when it got really bad, they'll be like by noon. Maybe Pop needs to slow down because I could tell he may have had a little bit of too much to drink and it's real early. So then I remember one day one of my friends saying, yo, bro, it's bad early, bro. You smell like you in a bar and it's real early. And that's when alcohol starts to become unmanageable in our lives or creates. Our, uh, that's when our life starts to become unmanageable due to alcohol. So you see that line from being a functional alcoholic to being a full-blown alcoholic is thin. It's a thin line. And it could take one bad episode to turn you to the other side. So ladies and gentlemen, I mean, this introduction is now 20 minutes. I could talk about this forever. But I just wanted to share this stuff with you, man. Um, substance use interferes or interference of life indicates a problem in general. If it interferes with your life, if it interferes with your family, even if you're a functional alcoholic, if you're being abusive to your wife or your husband or your children or your friends, if you notice that your productivity is low, if you notice that you're starting to do early drinking or you need to crack a beer at lunchtime to feel better, you're an alcoholic and you need to get some help. And I don't want anyone to be delusional about this because functional alcoholics turn to alcoholics and then they're eventually going to be on this side of the coin. All right. We want to reduce anyone that's using alcohol as a coping mechanism to function in life. We want to talk to you about the possibility of being sober curious, looking at the benefits of a sober lifestyle. There's so many benefits. You can heal yourself mentally. You can take care of your mental health without drinking. You could improve your marriage by practicing abstinence from alcohol. You know, I know many husbands and wives who just rejoice who say that that's dealing with an alcoholic spouse 
and you ask them and you say, well, why are you still with this person if they're a functional alcoholic and they create so much problems in your life? Why are you still with this person if they're an alcoholic and they create so much problems in your life? And you know what they all say? When they're sober, that little bit of time when they're sober, they're the most beautiful people in the world. And I have so much faith in them that if they could just get rid of alcohol, we'll be in paradise. So ladies and gentlemen, usually the alcoholic, 100% of the time is so much more interesting and beautiful and sweet of a person without the alcohol. So why do we need it? We think we need it, but we don't because people love and respond way more positively to the sober version of ourselves. So keep that in mind. All right. So, ladies, I want to cut to a and gentlemen, I want to cut to a clip from a psychiatrist from the CHI Health Clinic. And his name is Ayman Al-Sakaf. All right. Ahmad Al-Sakaf. All right. Let me get my stuff together. I'm talking about Ayman. It's Ahmad, I think, Al-Sakaf. And he's a psychiatrist from the CHI Health Clinic. Um, and he's going to talk about what um, he discussed. He answers three questions. One, what is a functional alcoholic? All right. Because you're going to hear these pauses. And that's when these questions is going to be, you know, just think about it's going to be these breaks between his talks. So the first question is going to be, what is a functional alcoholic? He answers the second question of what are symptoms someone might notice or suspect from a functioning alcoholic. And the third question is, what should someone do with, uh, what, sh- what should someone do who has issues with alcohol? So, ladies and gentlemen, I answered most of these questions, but it's good to hear it from a psychiatrist. All right? Most of you need to stop drinking and go see a psychiatrist. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. Maybe you never thought about it that way. You know, we talk about affirmations replacing one bad thought with a, with a negative thought with a positive thought or a negative statement with a positive statement. For example, my life sucks. Replace that with my life has so much potential to be great. Right. And you could replace one bad behavior with a positive behavior. How about this? If you're a functional alcoholic, you need to drink every day. And this is something that you're using to self-medicate. Ask yourselves, what am I self-medicating? What am I running from? And maybe is it possible that I can replace this alcohol with seeing a psychiatrist or a therapist, right? So there's always something you could do to create balance in your life and tip the scales in your favor, all right? So I love you guys. I'm no longer going to keep you, all right? This is no judgment. This episode is going to be called um, From Functional to Alcoholic, all right? So my thing is I once was a functional alcoholic. Everything seemed normal. I was a normal guy. If you guys go on my Instagram page, right, I wanted to let everyone know. Two months into my sobriety was when I started the Pop Buchanan page. So you could go all the way back and see me. The first picture I posted is a picture with no shirt on and I have a scar across my chest. And that scar was a result of my alcoholism, but it's my two month sobriety. And you could track if you go all the way through my Pop Buchanan page on Instagram, you can see... Um, 
when I started. And if you go to my actual Facebook page and friend me, it's Joseph Pop Buchanan. So my name is spelled Joseph with an E at the end. That's J-O-S-E-P-H-E. Friend me. Just message me and let me know you're from the Sober is Dope community. Because it's my personal page and that's where all my family and friends. But if you're from the podcast, then you're indeed my family and friend. So just let me know so I can follow you, right? But you could go through my profile pictures and you could go all the way back to the beginning of where you could see when I was drinking. And I actually did this and I wanted to say this to everyone in the Sober's Dope community. Sometimes I describe my life as if I was some degenerate or I was just totally on, in, on the skids. And I, like I said, I, I'm a, I come from a really good family. I'm a really good guy. But because alcohol doesn't discriminate, it created really bad, dark patches in my life. But for the overall, my life was a, is a beautiful life. And I'm a really good guy. And I, and I want to cut myself some slack because sometimes, you know, people that love me listen to the podcast and say, Pop, you know, you had some bad moments, but you always was a good guy, man. Like, you know, and I know that last year was tough. You went through a tough year. You know, where you really felt how it felt to be at rock bottom and, you know, and you lost a lot. But it doesn't mean that you was this, you know, you're not a bad guy. And they say, you know, if you look at your whole history online, you can always see here and there where you may have been struggling. But it always appeared that you appeared to be normal, which brings me to say that for a large amount of time through the public, I appeared to just be a functional guy who drank. You know, Pop is a rapper. I rapped. I did music. I was an artist. I was a model. I was into I'm into entertainment. I'm an entertainment professional. I'm a finance guy. I do I make I made large amounts of money. We partied a lot. We took clients out to wine and dine. So that lifestyle was, you know, drinking was normal for that lifestyle. But my honesty comes from me saying to you guys that despite what it looked like on the surface, alcohol never really did anything good for me. And it really made all my experiences worse. And my biggest regret was ever smoking weed as when I was younger. That was my biggest regret. I wish I never saw if you young and you listening, don't smoke no marijuana, man. You don't need that shit, especially if you're in high school and college, man. Focus on your school books. Focus on your grades. Learn to love coffee, man. You don't need none of that. You don't need to smoke cigarettes to be cool. Put down that vape pen. You don't need to drink. You know, I wish if I could go back and make any change in my life. I'm a young kid, ladies and gentlemen. I literally would have just found my sobriety. I would have from the beginning. I should. I wish I did college without smoking. I wish I did um, college without smoking any pot, smoking any. I mean, drinking any alcohol. I really do. That's my biggest wish. And I'm so happy I found my sobriety in the middle part of my life, not at the end. Because I have so much life to live and I love being clear and I never was happy as a functional alcoholic. I never was happy as a casual drinker. I never was happy as a alcoholic, a full blown alcoholic. I'm happy now in my sobriety and I can look back to every part of my life from being a young kid. And I can really honestly say to you guys, yo, we don't need this shit. We don't need to drink and smoke, man. We do not need it. I remember smoking pot and always feeling paranoid. My head would hurt. I always felt like I was doing something wrong. And it was nothing about that shit 
I hated that. And I hate the fact that when I was on my block that, you know, the friends that I grew up with was smoking and I got into it. I wish I never got into that shit, man. Because it was a waste of my potential and my time. I should have been in Yale or Harvard, man. I was... I should have been in the Ivy League school and I always have that regret. But ladies and gentlemen, look, if I didn't go through all of this, I would not be here today. And I would not be helping people. So maybe God needed me, which is, you know, I was a kid of a family that had a Catholic priest in it. My mother worked for the Catholic Church. My brother was is a Catholic priest and um and he's an exceptional guy. My dad was a, you know, may he rest in peace, a, a brilliant tax accountant who helped hundreds of people, thousands of people. He was a very successful tax accountant. Um, I had a mentor in high school who was a Harvard lawyer who wanted to help me get into Harvard and stuff like that. So for the, for the large part of it, man, I had a lot of opportunity that I blew. And I and I in retrospect, I could say. It was because I was exposed to a lot of negative things when I was young, when I was younger. And I used to smoke in secret. I used to smoke cigarettes. And then, you know, a lot of people that love me used to say, man, why, why are you smoking cigarettes? Pop, man, you're a karate guy. You're an athlete. You always into health stuff. And, and so I'm just saying all of this to say that every one of us who are alcoholics have our shortcomings and we have our regretful points but if we find our recovery that's a point of redemption where we could start anew and we could give back to the next generation and say look through my experience there's no benefit to using drugs or doing alcohol you know maybe we should start teaching the next generation meditation now maybe we should start teaching kids to meditate at a young age helping them pray giving them outlets to express themselves talking about therapy noticing if our kids are anxious avoiding or attached and maybe needing some extra therapy helping them express themselves you know all of this is good and my family tried everything and i just was caught up through my environmental circumstances you know i had a lot of young cool friends who they that was just the thing they did they smoked pot and then one day i just was they kept saying pop try this try this and one day i took a pull and it hit me in my whole brain i felt it my whole world changed and overnight i started becoming a pot smoker and then i think because of pot that was the gateway drug that got me into drinking when i got into college and then that haunted me years later after i graduated and became a professional Alcohol made my life unmanageable and created a lot of problems and I had to address it. And that's truly the origin of the Sober is Dope story. So maybe we should do an episode called The Origin Story. Um, but overall, I'm a good guy. Everyone that I speak to out there is a good guy, a good lady, good woman, good girl. I love us all, man. So let's forgive ourselves a break. Truly, let's really open up our hearts Forgive our younger selves for our addiction. Forgive yourself now if you're in active addiction. And really listen to my words and my story and find the courage to not perpetuate the story any further. Maybe today could be the day that you choose your sobriety and you choose to choose to take a negative and turn it into a positive. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to play the clip from the doctor anymore. We're going to end it here. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I won't. I just know that you know, from functional to alcoholic to recovered, God is good and God bless me and God bless you. I catch you guys on the other side.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sometimes really people could have problems, significant problems, and they manage actually to, you know, continue um, to live the way they are living um, in terms of substance use or alcohol use uh, for years. The fact that you are really, um, you know, still going to work and, you know, still married doesn't mean that you don't have a problem. You know, it's like anything else, any other um, medical condition, let us say diabetes. You might have diabetes and you are not really seeking treatment and um, you could continue to function, you know, to some extent, um, you know, for a fair amount of time. This doesn't mean that uh, diabetes is not actually destroying your body from inside. The same applies to alcohol or substance use. Oftentimes people um, ignore uh, the signs that indicate that they are having problems with, uh, with their alcohol use or substance use. Um, the idea here is that um, if the substance use interferes with any um, major um, role obligation in life, whether at home, at school, uh, or at work, this indicates there is a problem. Also, if um, the substance use or alcohol use um, causes any um, psychological um, negative reaction, for example, some people feel sad or depressed or behave in a way that doesn't really go with their um, values or goals in life. You might be using alcohol, it might be actually gradually, step by step, destroying your um, life with your loved one, uh, with your friends, destroying your life at work. Uh, you might be actually um, um, losing opportunities to maybe uh, get promoted or get better, but you just function at the basic level. They will see that uh, you know the person is either um, having emotional problems. They are maybe withdrawn, or they look sad, or they look anxious. They tend to neglect their obligations, um, whether again at work or you know in life in general. Uh, they notice that they give up uh, their uh, hobbies, you know whatever they do. They notice that um, you know the substance use is consuming a fair amount of time, you know, of the patient's uh, schedule, basically. First of all, you need to ask yourself whether you really need professional help. Um, usually that's the case when you uh, reach a um, level of use that's causing any kinds of problems that you really uh, notice. You know, I always tell my patients, um, you, you really cannot um, blame anyone for having an addictive disorder. Uh, returning back to the example of diabetes, I don't blame anyone for having diabetes because it is a disease. Um, I certainly blame them for not seeking help for that diabetes. 
um, usually professional help is what is needed. The same applies to alcohol um, you know, use disorder or substance use disorder where um, you, know, you can really bl uh, be bl blamed for not um, seeking that kind of professional help to help you um, and um, you know, also to help um, those whom you care about um, or even the society in general. You know, by asking for um, help in issues like this, you are really providing a huge service to yourself and to everyone around you whom you care about.